Jesus says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if she asks for a fish, will give her a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Do to others what you would have them do to you. People who never darken the doors of a church know about the golden rule. They can recite it. It becomes part of our culture. And yet, even people who go to church every single morning and hear this and believe it and practice it know that we live in a world that does not do unto others the way that they would have them do to us. We live in a world where loving others is hard. This is the core of Jesus' teaching. Remember, we talked about how at the very essence of Jesus' teaching is the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul, strength and mind. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. This is how you love your neighbor as yourself. It's the very essence of the teaching of Jesus. But we live in a world where that is not practiced. Before we dive into that, if there are any of the kids that you want to have excused, that's fine. This is, I'm sure, just uh, PG-13 or PG, but you could have them go to class if they would like to now. I was reading about bullying. Physical bullying increases in elementary school, and physical bullying peaks in middle school, then it starts to decline in high school. Verbal abuse, on the other hand, not only remains constant, it keeps evolving. Verbal abuse keeps changing. Uh, Tony Campolo, I think, had it right. He said that the Roman Catholics were correct. There is a purgatory. It's called junior high. You're stuck between heaven and hell, and, and you don't know how you got there, and you don't know what you did to deserve it. It's a hard, hard time. 57% of students who experience harassment never report the incident. 56% of students have personally witnessed some type of bullying at school and did nothing. Like the kids demonstrated to us. You see it all around you, and you're afraid to do anything. Those are the numbers. Those are the news stories. We thought it would be helpful to put a face and a story to it. One of ours. They are all our children but one of ours. And so folks, it just it's only going to be able to be on this screen. My experience with bullying started a little bit in elementary school, but I remember more in middle school being called some names and just I don't really remember exactly what I was called, but I do remember kind of being picked on and whatever. Like just kids would say stuff like you have no friends or whatever and it was, it was hard, but I remember a little more in eighth grade, I'd get picked on, but ninth grade is where it really got kind of hard. Kids would say, I have no friends. They would say stuff like, you're a loser, you aren't really worth anything or whatever. Just really put me down, like, you're gay or whatever. One kid actually draws some, some stuff in pen on my jacket, and it was just 
it was hard. I went home and just, I mean, one time, I remember even just going home and crying. Like, it was just, it was tough. I would kind of try and escape with Xbox. I would go home and just play and not really, like, care about school or homework. I didn't ever want to hurt myself or I didn't ever think about taking my own life, which can happen for, I mean, a lot of people. But I definitely, at the time, felt like this, this sucks. And, I mean, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I talked to my parents, and we knew some friends who had gone to this school in Chaska, Southwest Christian, and I ultimately made the decision to switch to go there for the rest of my high school career. The best thing that my parents did for me was just, they were there for me. I would say to parents, uh, be involved in your kids' lives. Don't think that even if your kid looks like they're okay, it doesn't mean they actually are. Ask them how their day was or like, constantly be involved in their lives and if you hear that they might be bullying someone talk to them about it and don't put them down for it try and solve it with scripture and through through God and if if your kid is being bullied uh, just comfort them let them know that things will be all right and if there are other options for school give them the, those options because it definitely helped for me I make mistakes and I don't always treat people like I want them to treat me and I guarantee that's with everyone else but being bullied has definitely made me think like I don't want to put someone down or call them names or do this because I went through that and I didn't I didn't like that at all and if I do make a mistake I apologize with the phrase uh, do unto others as you want them to do to you I mean it has played definitely a big role in my life just how I should treat people and treat my friends and treat strangers because you never know how they're truly feeling. Okay, so I, I married his mom and dad. I baptized little Matt. Not so little Matt. And, uh, and, and, <clears throat> and when this came up, Parents are naturally distraught, and they say, well, what do you do? What do we do? And I said, well, I've, I've got these Bible verses, and I, I, this is my expertise here. I, I try to show how God comes into all of our lives, but you are the ones who take it out into all of our lives. We have teachers here and nurses and counselors who live out their faith out there and see bullying expressed and dealt with each day. And so I thought that I would take 10 minutes out of our time here and ask somebody who is a follower of Jesus and a professional educator to help us with this idea of bullying. Uh, Bruce Locklear, why don't you come up, Bruce, is the uh, principal at, at Edina High School. More important is a, a follower of Christ and cares deeply about kids of, of all ages sees this day in and day out. So uh, it was interesting, just as he gets settled. One of the kids came up to me, one of the kids in the group said, is it true that Dr. Locklear is going to be here? It didn't say that, Doc Lock. That's what they call him, Doc Lock is going to be here, the principal. And I said, yeah, he is. He goes, oh, that's so great. You know, when I get to high school, I get to have him too. So we are, we're blessed in that sense. But dad, educator, Christian, you hear about somebody getting bullied, what do you advise them to do? Well, it's a, a 
very tough situation, uh, and I just first of all wish to thank you because the first step is is always awareness. Uh, I'd like to start with a story, John, on probably what not to do. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, you know, as seventh grade boys will do, we will tend to hang out by the water fountain during lunch. And this kid by the name of James Taylor would always come up and grab my arm and twist my arm. I love James Taylor. Well, not the singer. <laughs> this was a bully James Taylor. And um, I was out one day and he grabbed my arm and was just really cranking on it. And I started crying. And when you open that door, you really open the floodgates. And I was about this tall and a very healthy young man. And so I got all the fat jokes as well. So, But I remember going home on this particular day and my dad saw my arm that was bruised and he said, don't take that anymore. What are you doing? And so he said, punch him if he does it again. So I go to school the next day and I think, oh gosh, am I really going to do this? And will I take a worse beating than before? And, and so anyway, he grabs my arm and starts twisting and I shut my eyes and I just deliver a punch and of course, the teacher on the playground sees me, and I get in trouble, and, and here we go. So let me start by what not to do, and I'll try to keep this as bulleted as I can just to keep it concise. But as a parent, don't push retaliation. As we evidence today, you know, putting in a, a situation where the child has to feel like they have to defend themselves in a bully situation, stay away from that. Now, the second thing is avoid counter-bully scenarios. Oftentimes, as a parent, you'll say, well, get your buddies and gang up on him. Stay away from that. Uh, violence versus violence is a no-win situation. And the third thing is, as parents, I used to do this all the time, but I really tried to avoid it. But, you know, when I was your age, you may have been their age, but it's a, it's a very different time now. And so really try to refrain from those three things. But in response to your question, I'd like to share some very uh, specific things. The, the first one, John, begins with communication. The whole idea of the parent, teen, middle school, high school communication is so important. And it takes a lot of work. And invariably, you sit down and you, you try to talk to your teenager sometimes, and it's like, really? I have no interest in talking to you. But really try to stay on that and, and try to build that relationship because when times are tough, you have to be the number one person they can rely on. You know, the second thing I try to assess as a school administrator, is it bullying or is it a disagreement? Hmm. And so I really try to listen carefully and I, I look for two things. I look for, first of all, the intensity of the situation and second, the frequency. Because if it's a situation of a disagreement versus a, a bullying, those require two very different measures on a parent's part, as well as a school administrator. Um, the third point that I strongly recommend is get help. You know, as a parent, get help. As soon as you detect it or think about it or even suspect it, call the school, talk to a counselor, talk to an administrator. We will help and we will do anything we can to help, but we have to know about it. If we don't know about it, we can't do anything about it. And the final thing that I would suggest is empathize. Kids don't ask to be bullied. Kids don't ask to be bullied. And so when you go into those conversations, listen a lot more than you talk as a parent or as a school administrator. He, he told me that we don't want to ask the, how was your day? We want to ask open-ended questions that draw the kids out into sharing what they're 
what their life is feeling like. That's, that's just huge. Bruce, uh, as many of you, ha- was bullied as a kid in the traditional way that we think of bullying, getting beat up, getting mocked, having something happen to your locker or whatever. But bullying, while it's as old as the scriptures, keeps changing its face. Our kids deal with a different kind of bullying every time they have access to the internet. Cyberbullying is huge, rampant, not just at Edina, but all over. How do we cope with cyberbullying? Dealing with this sometimes is like drinking water from a fire hose. You You can't truly digest everything that goes into this. I'd like to start by rendering uh, a very simple definition around it, but it's using technology and using that technology basically to harm another person or to harass another person. And so one of the things that that I talk about is some of the examples around this. And parents, when I say these things, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just raise your hand. So listen carefully. Web pages, Do you know what that is? Chat rooms, discussion groups, Facebook, text messaging, instant messaging, my favorite, Snapchat, tweeting. All right, there you go. These are all modalities that the cyberbullying can take place in, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about each of those, but it's important to really begin to understand. And when I deal with these things, my first rule is I try to be and know everything that a 16-year-old knows. And that requires a lot of research because it was a long time ago since I was 16. But nothing is worse than when a student comes into my office and says, you know, I'm getting Snapchatted up. And if I stand there and say, huh, I lose my street cred with the student, so I have to really know what what they're talking about. So the first step in the cyberbullying is get smart. Get smart. Know what is going on, know what is out there, but most importantly, know what your student is on and know how they're using that. And that can be a very difficult situation, John, because the counter to that is the proliferation of technology in schools. We're relying more and more on technology in terms of the education of our child, so it's a double-edged sword sometimes. Uh, the other thing is is to really understand the fact that who pays the technology build. Uh, one of the things that our police liaison talks a lot about when we get into these cyberbullying situations, he always talks to the parent about if you're paying the bill, you can take the phone. It's not necessarily a right that your child has a phone. And so there are many ways to begin to navigate that, but probably the most The best advice that I can give a parent is to be aware of the technologies that your kid is engaged with and understand what they are and learn how to talk some in that language. Bruce and I are both dads of daughters and have both had the, you don't understand, conversation. He said something last night that I thought was just huge. We try too much sometimes to be their friend. What's the end of that sentence? Well, the whole idea is you just can't be their friend. When you, when you become their friend, you begin to blur that line. And I was talking to several parents last night. The students are very smart. They use that counter-argument. Well, you said I'm not your friend, so I'm not going to talk to you about this. 
But it, the whole idea is really understanding that, that you are the parent, you're there to provide the support, you're there to provide the love, and you're there to provide the guidance. And, and the friendship thing can get very blurred very quickly. We don't want to leave you with the impression that this is impossible to deal with if you are uh, an observer, an aunt, a grandparent, a kid, or a parent. We believe that there are effective strategies that help stop bullying, but they are unusual, to me at least. They're not the first thing you think of. I usually think of the parent finally gets their act together, the school finally clamps down. Far less effective than what Bruce's research suggests is the most helpful, the bystanders. Yeah, as as we deal with this, and again at the high school level, much of what I see tends not to be the the face-to-face bullying. It tends to be the cyberbullying. But in either case, I have actually gone from using the term bystander to using the term protector. If you think about a situation of where we're 15 years of age and we're hanging out together and and little Joy comes up and I'm going to start bullying little Joy around, Bullies tend to bully for a lot of different reasons. It can be power, it can be control, it can be recognition. Uh, But one of the biggest things, if you can identify someone, and if you are one of those bystanders or protectors, it takes just one time for you to step up and say, Hey, really? That's a big word these days, really. Really? Knock it off. Once protector or the bystander does that, it ends. The bullying is over because the bystander or the protector has sent a message that this is not cool. And if you're in middle school and in high school, being cool is the thing that you try to do. And so, again, the whole idea of the protector is so important. And we spend a lot of time talking to students when they come in, whether it's cyberbullying or face-to-face, about identifying the protectors. Identify the bystanders. And if I can identify those people, I'll sit down with them and talk to them and give them strategies on how to intervene and how to do so in a manner that you don't get targeted, but in a very effective manner of ending it. And the number one thing that we tend to see is the whole idea of, of courage, John. We, we began the school year talking about courage. We're, we're really doing a lot of different things in our school that It requires a lot from our kids. And we talked about understanding that moment, that very moment that courage is needed. Can you not be one of the 80% of the people who stand by and watch something happen? Can you convert that 80% into the reality of our school or the reality of our city or our town or our state or our nation that is really stepping up to end this? And it takes a very strong courage and a very strong faith, but also a very strong focus. When we get people stepping up to end this, that's when you'll see the bullying decrease, subside, and move away. This is why we ask the kids to do this. We say to you all the time, and you smile and think it's cute, kids, students are not the church of the future. They are the church right now. They are the ones sitting next to the child getting bullied, sitting next to the bully, sometimes tempted to be the bully. They are the ones that we need to encourage, encourage to give courage, believing that God is not only on their side, but wants them to be on 
God's side. Brian, the school policeman at Edina High School, fabulous young Christian man. Bruce, a follower of Jesus. I I wanted to close this part by asking him how he felt like the role of prayer and faith interacts with this whole idea of bullying along with loving others as you would be loved. In my job in general, prayer is, is just a big thing. I really try to begin every day praying for the school and praying for the kids in our school and and just I hope that every child has an opportunity to go through the day, the week, their high school career and we talk to our kids about the fact that you always have a home to come back to and a part of that home is helping them understand that you belong to something much bigger than yourself and we encourage kids to get involved but I I really thought a lot about the faith piece and you know the first part of that we alluded to already is courage, the courage to do something. And that is deeply rooted in faith, John. I think the second thing is the hope, the hope that once you have that courage, it's the hope that you can make a positive difference in the life of someone else. And then the faith comes in with the ability to stand firm. I am, um, not at all suggesting that our teachers or our administrators or our counselors or our police are perfect, but I, but I literally thank God for people uh, like Bruce that are there in the battle with us. Thank you. Some of you grandparents who came expecting to see a little musical Uh, Or if you're here as a first-time visitor, good for you. Good for you. This may feel more like a class, but i got to tell you, those of you who it feels like a class on bullying, um, there are people that are sitting near you for whom this is a, oh, please, please help me with this kind of experience. And there are others who say, well, that's great, but what, what next? Don't raise my hopes and then say, okay, see you next Sunday. We would like to believe that God wants to walk out of this sanctuary with us and help us. And so we want to offer you some next steps. Uh, Next step number one, uh, starting this Wednesday night, Becky Danielson, who is an elder here and a family expert, will be starting a a course that uh, is designed for parents, parental guidance necessary starting at 6 o'clock this coming Sunday. In anticipation of this, we put resources on our website, cpconline.org slash bullying. We hope that some of those might be helpful. We have selected several books and put them in Pathway. And uh, we hope, we pray, that God will use this to stir you up on whatever level God has in store for you whether you are in school yourself, have one, love one, are concerned about one. They are all our children. They are all our children. As as we uh, close in prayer, um, I'm struck by the idea that um, this is not only the holiest day of the year where we wear green and worship at Notre Dame, but... uh, but, uh, but we have a new pope. And I loved Francis's, 
first Mass, coming out and saying that without Jesus, we are just another NGO. I want to pray with him, and I want to pray for him, and I wonder if, as we think about our children and all of their children out there, we could pray together. Lord, uh, the, the election of yet another pope reminds us that you not only give us new chances, but new leadership is required for a new day. So we do pray for our brother Francis and all the Catholic dioceses around the world that will have to learn his voice. I thank you for the way he is trying to live as a simple and humble follower of Jesus. I pray that rubs off on me. I pray that rubs off on our children who are stuck in a vat of excess. That they will learn to do to others as you would have them do to you. Lord, we lift up all of the vulnerable the ones who are so vulnerable that they will hurt other people and be bullies, the ones who are so hurt that they will lash out and hurt others. We pray for the ones in fear of being bullied at school tomorrow. And also, and also, we thank you that you go with us and before us, that you go behind us to clean up our messes, And that you love our children, all of our children, in Africa and in Northeast, in Edina and in our homes. You love all of our children even more than we do. We ask you to bless them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.